Today's episode is brought to you by Freedom Project Academy. Take back your kids' education. FPA's fully accredited classical curriculum provides live, on-demand, and homeschool courses built on Judeo-Christian values. Request your information packet and save 10% on tuition by visiting freedomforschool.com. That's freedom, F-O-R, school.com. This is The Dr. Duke Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to The Dr. Duke Show. I am Dr. Duke, and I am joined today by our longtime friend and uh, our steady interview, Vicki McKenna. Thanks for joining <laughs> I'm us. I'm steady. <laughs> I'm stable. We're, we're doing radio going together. That's what we're doing here. Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> you're, uh, you're my radio steady, and I'm your, I'm your podcast steady. That's exactly right. And uh, the nice thing about it is, is that uh, we live, what, 90 mi miles apart. So it, this is a long distance relationship, Vicki. I know. And it's working out and so we, well. We have defied the odds on long distance relationships. So we do have, I, I'm glad we get the banter out of the way because this is a disgusting topic we're going to talk about here. And you and I have been saying for a long time, uh, despite what the left tells you, this is about sexuality, and it is about sex between adults and children. The idea, and I've made this point many times, uh, the idea that we're sexualizing children at young ages, we are teaching them how to perform sex acts, we're telling them that there's no moral or ethical or any commitment around sex. It's just pleasure, it's just another bodily function. And when you're taking little kids and you're empowering them sexual, sexually, then how do you, then do you turn around and say to them, oh yeah, but you're only nine years old, so wait, wait 10 more years before you do that. The only reason to sexualize children this way is to prepare them to consent to sex. And so we have uh, one, another one of these academic types here who, this is back in 2015, but this is making the rounds again now, uh, what he had to say. And uh, let's take, let's roll the video, let him sp speak, and, and I'll turn it over to you, Vicky. So take, for example, the very famous filmmaker, Derek Jarman, who sadly has, has died. Um, he told me when he was about 50, that he had had sex with a young man when he was nine years old. He said it was his choice. He said he wasn't pressured or manipulated. He said he had no regrets about that sexual experience. So my view is, that's what he's saying. It's his personal view as an adult mature man looking back on his childhood. If he says that, who am I or you to dispute it? There you go, Vicky. Nine years old. I, I hope you put the link to the extended interview someplace where people can easily find it, because we're going to be accused of cutting off that man. But you listen to the whole thing. He continues to go deeper and deeper and deeper into that hole. He was saying that nine-year-old children, certain nine-year-old children are capable of consent. And he was using this example of this film director um, who re reflects back that when he was nine years old, he chose to have sex with an adult man. That's not possible. It didn't happen. It is a lie. But it is, is what he is using to argue that, and he will say this, certain children will be mature enough to consent to sex. And the, and the thing that he believes is necessary, this is what he believes is necessary, adequate sex education. 
adequate preparation for sexual activity among children to lower the age of consent. Oh, I wouldn't lower the age of consent, he continues on in that interview. I wouldn't do that unless we had adequate and appropriate sex education for young people so that they could consent. I mean, what do you see going on in the schools? You have five-year-olds being exposed to explicit sexual content. And we've exposed this many times. There are currently going on right now uh, in other school districts, teachers or administrators trying to hide from parents the explicit sexual content of reading material or video material for children as young as the age of five. Verona schools being the latest example of that in Wisconsin. They are so the appropriate the appropriate sexual education. That was 2015. This is eight years later. I suspect that Mr. Tatchell would agree that we are now getting very close to the appropriate sexual education so that children can be trusted to consent to sexual activity themselves. <clears throat> yeah, this is an important story. And uh, I want you to take a moment and explain what's, what happened in the Verona School District here in Wisconsin, how a first grade teacher set her children up, used her first graders to provoke the the angry mob to come after the policies that kept kids from being sexualized. Talk about that real quick. Well, that was actually a different school district, Waukesha. Waukesha. Uh, what, Verona, what Verona schools are doing is they had, they had um, exposed children to highly inappropriate gender sexuality material uh, in, age, in kindergarten and first grade. What, what Waukesha schools, uh, the school district is doing, a first grade teacher named Melissa Temple attempted to harness her six-year-old first grade students into gender sexual politics by teaching them a Miley Cyrus song to sing at the school's, you know, they have a musical performance. So she chose the LGBT Miley Cyrus song Rainbow Land to teach these kids. And the principal said, well, this has to go before um, a, a review of our controversial issues policy. And he said, you know, I don't think that's quite appropriate. Um, Rainbow Connection by Kermit the Frog would be more appropriate. That's that's a kid's song. And she, this was a setup. She knew that this was going to trigger the controversial issues policy. She then took to Twitter. She contacted Miley Cyrus. She contacted a bunch of Hollywood celebrities. She got attention from the left-wing press on television, left-wing cable news shows, the Stephen Colbert show. The entire trans mafia, trans Tifa, descends into the social media accounts of the Waukesha School Board, threatens the school, threatens administrators. Uh, and essentially, she what she attempted to do was to get a trans protest to take place at that elementary school. So here she is, she is putting the safety of children at risk in order to promote her LGBTWTF agenda. And it's still going on. It is still going on. This has not been resolved yet. Um, she should be fired. But of course, if you fire this teacher, then you're going to make a martyr of her and she likely gets promoted at her next job to do more damage. Um, this is a setup that is a political um, direct action that she engaged in using six-year-old kids that were not hers because she loathes and despises other people's children if they hold different values from hers. And so she aims to make sure that they don't.
So Peter, going back to Peter Thatchell, and you're, I think you nailed that. The idea, are, these children, including with Peter Thatchell, they are, uh, we are foisting consent on them. This is the same progressive left, Vicky, that wouldn't let them smoke a cigarette for, to save their lives. If they show yeah. up at school with a, a young girl shows up at school with a couple might all, she could be punished for having illicit drugs. I mean, it's still the, it's still the censorious left. Uh, tr try getting a tattoo at age nine, right, and see what happens. Uh, all kinds of regulations from the left to protect children from making decisions that they are not old enough to make, except when it comes to sex. It seems when it comes to sex, and I, and I think the reason for that, Vicky, is because adults want to have, these twisted adults want to have sex with children. And so yes. they're, gi they're giving them a, an excuse to do it, even though in every other aspect of, of serious discussion, children can't make these decisions. And take a look of at course. this. Take a of look course. at the, the yes. clip we've got up, and I want you to count, count, uh, comment on this, of course. This is also Peter Tatchell, and here's what he says. The positive nature of some child-adult sexual relationships is not confined to non-Western cultures. Several of my friends, gay and straight, male and female, had sex with adults from the ages of nine to 13, none feel they were abused. All say it was their conscious choice and gave them great joy. Yes, their sexual abuse gave them great joy. Um, there is, you know, quite likely a host of psychological terms to describe turning your trauma and your abuse into some kind of memory where you can recall great joy. But a nine-year-old being molested by an adult I mean, let's uh, let's all roll back to when we were nine years old. What is that? Third, fourth grade. Let's just roll back to when we were nine years old, when someone, you know, walking around the corner too fast would scare you, scare the pants off you when you were afraid that if you, you know, got caught cheating off your friend's homework, that you could be put in jail, um, that you thought you'd be taken away from your parents. Uh, if you did something wrong, I mean, there are all kinds of things you can convince yourself of when you're nine years old. Do you think that an adult trying to lure a nine-year-old child into sexual activity is something that that child would have said, oh, yeah, I'm totally down with this. I completely consent. I want this. I'm nine. The first thing on my mind is to find an adult to have uh, my first sexual experience with. Said no nine-year-old ever, ever. And so this guy is trying to justify the, the experiences, uh, the sexual experiences of adults who molested children, he wants to normalize that by pretending the children liked it and liked it a lot. You know, this is, this, this is absurd. Every taboo has been obliterated. They are going after every single taboo. This, by the way, is what the sexual revolution has given us. When no rules applied any longer to sexual activity, it should have been obvious, though it wasn't, that a couple of decades later we would have, be having conversations having to fight against the sexualization of underage children, the idea that children can consent to sex. We should have probably seen this on the horizon when, when we saw what the, what the initial uh, impl implementation of the sexual revolution did to a formerly well-behaved America back in the 1960s. Yeah, and you know another thing, up until about, I was about to say, about the progressive left that up until five minutes ago, because it may have changed already, the progressive left was adamant that in places like Arkansas, uh, 
35-year-old men marrying 14 girls was absolutely child abuse. Could you think they could say that anymore? I mean, because here's the other thing. Absolutely not. Well, they would because they're rednecks, okay? That's what they would say. They would would launch a a barrage of pejoratives at them because they're from Arkansas. So they would say that they were ignorant, you know, bumpkin rubes. Um, And then they would, of course, decry that. Or a mother who would want to put her her eight-year-old daughter in makeup and pretty dresses in a pageant. Recall what what, uh, JonBenet Ramsey's mother experienced when the pictures of her in child pageants came out. Um, That's horrible. That's terrible. But, you know, when it's some creepy academic talking about, you know, minor attracted persons or consent... Um, then it's totally fine. It, it's on their terms. Everything is always going to be on the left's terms. And roll back to the to the to the initial days of the sexual revolution. Think back on some of the films and some of the books that were released during that time period. I mean, Lolita was shown in theaters. And it is it is it is this this imaginary fantasy of an adult man that a 13 year old girl had so much sexual maturity that that she could seduce this old man and in you know essentially scam him and take him for a ride. That those those child sex fantasies were were almost instantly revealed in the early days of the sexual revolution. We should have seen this coming, and we should have girded our families and we should have thrown our bodies in front of our children before we ever let them be be raised by a state uh, of an education state that was populated by the same people who brought you that filth on film. Yeah. And, you know, follow me here for a second. The logical conclusion of this, and no one's talking about this yet. I, I have not heard this yet discussed. If this is now the new norm, that we have sexualized children starting in elementary school by the time they're eight, nine, and 10, if they're prepared with the right information, they can consent to sex. Here's my question. How then would it not be mandatory that if a nine-year-old child child who has the right to have sex with a 35-year-old man then decides that that child nine at, at nine decide, wants to move in as a live-in lover to that uh, older man and leave their parents? Why then can't we contra- con- to, show it, to switch guardianship away from parents who are yes. against, against these relationships and to the loving relationship between the 35-year-old man and the nine-year-old child, why can't that and why won't that be a superior relationship than the restrictive one of the parents who don't want their children to have sex at age nine? How is that not the logical conclusion of all of this? Well, you know, less people think that, you know, you're going down the slippery slope too quickly. Recall that in many school districts in Wisconsin, as we speak, have policies in place that encourage the gender transition of young people without the information being passed along to the parents. That they encourage children to make phone calls to counselors who will then not disclose the information to the parents of these children. Parents are deliberately being foreclosed from these important decisions of these kids. Remember in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, the the, the uh, poster board outside the teacher's door said, I'm your mom now. I'm your mom now. So the idea, and we have talked about this many times on this podcast, is to separate children from the family, from the one thing that they can always run to, cling to, count on, rely on for advice or at the very least protection, to separate the children from the only people they can trust 
and then replace that trust in a stranger adult who is making, who is encouraging those children to quote, make decisions for themselves at the age of eight or the age of nine. And so to your question directly, of course, that is going to be the natural outcome of this. Because if children can consent to hormones, if children can consent to gender transition surgery, then why can't children consent to being permanent lovers of the adults who have abused them? Actually, one other thing, there are there are stories right now that are being tubed in the press about couples who are adopting children solely for the purpose of sexual abuse. These are horrifying stories. There was one particular one, I believe it was in it was in the south. And I'm sorry if I can't believe it was in Georgia where a gay couple adopts two children, special needs children, and then proceeds to rent them out for rape. And you're not going to find that story anywhere. And I maintain that the reason why those stories are going down the memory hole so quickly is because they, they don't want to get in the way. They don't want to you know, quickly cause horror among people as they lay the groundwork for this idea that children can, in fact, and will, in fact, and then must, in fact, consent to sex with adults. This is the sex work uh, provinces of Bangkok in your backyard now coming to America. And before we end this, I got to end this segment before we get to the next one. Uh, one step even more beyond that, we've talked about Vili, uh, Vicky, in California and Washington state, those legislatures are seriously considering bills that will allow 12 year old children to emancipate from their parents and go to group homes if parents don't surrender about their sexual preferences at ages 10, 11, and 12. Uh, Still to come, a new Canadian law is being proposed which would completely change everything. The entire rainbow community will shield them from offensive marks. You could be fined $25,000 in Canada for offending an LGBTQ person. Coming up next. Ontario, Canada, Vicky. Members of the Ontario Legislative Assembly are pushing a bill that would create two SLGBTQI community safety zones where offensive marks about gay people, including biblical comments, would be prohibited within 100 meters and could lead to a fine of up to $25,000. Canada is gone. Canada is just a, a, a neo-fascist state at this point. What is offensive? What counts as offensive? If I, if I say LGBTWTF, I suppose that would count as offensive, $25,000. If I say that's not a woman, that's a guy in a dress, that's $25,000. Um, I mean, if you simply do not affirm, affirm, and worship at the altar of the trans cult, at the author, uh, altar of the trans gods, you could get $25,000 fines and thrown in prison, I presume, because many people probably won't be able to afford the $25,000 fine. So basically, anyone who is not an extreme leftist, who is not willing to affirm the lies and the inversion of reality is going to be punished in Canada. How? 
How Orwell in real life is this? Well, you remember 20 years ago, right, when the uh, Christian preachers and activists were getting fined. Mark Stein was taken to the Supreme Court in Canada because he dared to offend the Islamic community by saying unpopular things, criticizing them. Simple critical, uh, critis, critis, simple critical comments about the behavior of some aspects of Islam in, in Canada got him almost sent to jail. And now, Fast forward 20 years, and we are building safe spaces completely around pr uh, privileged, and, and that's the word. This is LGBTQ privilege because there is no Christian church in Canada where you can't stand outside and say horrible things about. You cannot. You can sit there and you you could uh, parade drag queens in front of those churches every day, and that would be considered legitimate activism and protest. But for these it's hot funny. house. For these hothouse orchids of the LGBTQ, uh, they've got to have not just safe spaces where they can be, but anybody who dares to say anything that offends them is going to pay a big price for it. Well, it, it, I mean, Canada's lost. It's gone. It's not free. It is a totalitarian state. It just simply is. If you fear a $25,000 fine by telling an ugly man with clown paint on his face wearing a dress that he's a dude... Um, that's a totalitarian state. So um, now you have to, you have, you, I mean, it's literally clown world at this point. You're being told that you have to honor the clowns. Oh, no, no, no. That's not a clown. That's just a regular person. That's not a guy wearing, a, tucking his junk and wearing a skirt uh, and fake boobs and a padded butt in a wig, in ugly makeup. No, 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 no. So now we've got the, I mean, th this drag queens were, you know, they were, they were kitschy. They were supposed to be comics. They were met, they were clowns. They were clowns on stage that did a little song and dance. They were entertainers. They were called drag queens because it was, it was meant to mock them. It was their own chosen uh, moniker. And now we're supposed to accept that these are really women it's, it's extraordinary. Um, and if you don't, you know, in Canada, you'll be punished. But you know what, Duke? In Washington State, in the United States, if you don't accept it, you will be put into solitary confinement in the Washington State Women's Correctional Facility, which is housing men who declare themselves to be women with women inmates, and they are being assaulted, and they are being raped, and if you complain, you're the problem. So, with, I mean, it's not like Canada and $25,000 fines with a press conference with Justin Trudeau and a bunch of ugly men in makeup. Nobody pays attention to what's going on to the girls in the prisons in Washington state, but it's here in the United States. It's just not quite, it's just not quite as in your face yet. Yes, we must hear from them. The, this is the legislature. This is the activists talking about the law they want. Take a look. Firstly, it enables the attorney general to create a 2SLGBTQI plus community safety zone to prohibit within 100 meters of the property any homophobic, transphobic act of intimidation, threat, offensive threats, offensive remarks, protest, disturbance, and distribution of hate propaganda within the meaning of the uh, criminal code. It also comes with it a penalty of $25,000 if prosecuted successfully. Anti-LGBTQ. I'm sorry, I could not get, Good. I could not get past <laughs> I could not get past the, the fembot extras 
from, you know, the director's cut of Barbarella back there. <laughs> I just could not get past that. I'm supposed to look at that freak show and and call that dude with, I don't even, I mean, it, it looks like zebra stripe gum colored hair. I'm supposed to call him ma'am and refer to him as a woman and share my private spaces with a guy like that, right? That's what they're telling me is that I, it, it, if I don't accept that he's just like me, same lived experience as me, I'm the problem. Shocking. And notice propaganda. <clears throat> Any propaganda, and you know, the Bible now is propaganda. You cite the Bible, that's anti-trans propaganda. And uh, take one last look at the picture. I, I'm more worried about the dude in the upper left. It's like, isn't that like, uh, uh, who's the guy that that fought? Ivan Drago from the Rocky movies. That was his name. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like, right? With a, with a wig on. So, He's so. Oh my gosh, these guys, you know, that maybe maybe Duke and we don't know this. They just came from a walk-on audition for the remake of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I'm not sure, so let's not be judgy, okay? It's the cast of Mad Maxine, and that's going to wrap up the show. If you have any <laughs> questions, comments or want to support us or pay attention in, a sp in a sp about 90 seconds, Vicky mentioned the word clown. 12 times. That's a $300,000 fine right there. If you have any comments or questions or you want to support us, simply visit drdukeshow.com. For all of us here at the Dr. Duke Show, Dr. Duke Show, thank you. We will see you next time.